So it's been a couple of weeks since we've last recorded. So Tom, how was how was your holiday? You've been away. I have, yes. I only came back from New York three days ago. It feels like a lot longer than that. But yeah, I only came back about about three days ago and I was away in New York for a week and it was amazing. It was it was really amazing. And actually yeah. it what inspired today's episode. So yeah, okay. we're gonna, yeah. We'll, we'll get to some of it later. But Yeah, we were talking about though how difficult it is to go away during the wedding season. It's it's just like yeah. one of those things where you just you think, Oh, that's great, I'll get a little holiday in the middle of the wedding season. But then you've got the first, the two weeks before the wed- the holiday is just trying to get smash out as much work as possible before you go away. And then the two weeks after is just chaos. You've got emails piling up, you've got inquiries, you've got calls to do. It always sounds like a really good idea, doesn't it? I booked it and I went away. I went to Norway last May and it was perfect. It was lovely to have that kind of um, little... What's the right word? Yeah, almost like a little kind of rest before the busy season started. Like I've shot yeah. weddings this year, I'd shot weddings last year before I went away, and it was really nice to kind of have that last little kind of chance to kind of yeah spend some time with my wife, do some stuff for myself before work does kind of take over for the next few months. But then you know all the things that you've just said, I, I liken it to getting off the plane and jumping back onto a moving treadmill, <laughs> and that's literally what it's felt like. That's like, what it feels like. Kind yeah. of yeah, yeah. like the, the, yeah, the treadmill's still turning at like ten miles an hour, and I've just jumped on, and like my little legs are trying to keep up as fast <laughs> as they can to to recover some of that ground and the world that's moved on whilst I've been away in my little bubble of holiday. So. Yeah, you come back to. I know you're on holiday. But do you have any idea yeah. when my photos? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that happens whilst you're away, and I think that's something which I need to work on more. Is you know, I, I put the out of office on. I do that. I'm you know, I'm going to be super uncontactable. Don't do it. But that force of habit when you wake yeah. up in the morning and kind of oh, I have a little check in on my emails and yeah, I kind of feel that if I don't do it, I would have the fear of what was going to be there. But then True. as soon as I do it and it's on my mind, I'm like, oh, I kind of just wish I put my laptop so I could have just a- activated that. You know, done that while I was yeah, away. Yeah, or sent that quote or that questionnaire yeah. or something. Yeah, it niggles really you for the rest of the day, then doesn't it? Like yeah. you know, you're out living your life, having fancy breakfast or you know, wandering the streets, and in the back of your mind is, oh no, that person's paid me. I should really send them a receipt. <laughs> and it's, you know, it kind of kills the rest of your day. Switch off, but that, that comes with being self-employed, and it it shows we enjoy it. If we didn't enjoy it, we'd be we'd be bent it off and yeah. saying goodbye to it but we like getting but like we like providing good service to people and so if someone's going to email us and we think maybe okay maybe that's important like even so, something so small as what your direct dietary yes. requirements i'd probably reply because they need to get back to the venue so. and i think yeah if you, if you know there's a deadline on it and also i know it'll play on my mind and so for the, the two minutes it would take just to write an email from my phone yeah to go oh it's this like I think it's like, I think it's as selfishly as much for me to give me peace of mind to go. Do you know what I've dealt with that? It won't be on my mind for the rest of the day. Yeah. Than it would do to go. Well, I'm on holiday. I don't need to do anything. Like la 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 la. Yeah, it is. But I feel like going away, like in the middle of the wedding season, is quite important because yes, we're we're about to talk about inspiration. Um, and we'll we'll get onto that in a second. But I feel like in a wedding season, our job is so compact into a few months. And you can end up just getting in that bubble of just doing the same thing. Sometimes you need to take yourself out of that to um, to really like appreciate a what you've appreciate what you've got. Take a step back, look at it from the outside, um, and we'll probably get into this again. But that's where the best ideas comes from. Definitely, from as well, I think like much as I said, you know, at the beginning of this, that I felt like I had jumped back onto a moving treadmill. I think at the same time when you have a busy wedding season and you know for the most part we are seasonal workers as well it is important that even if it's only for a day or a couple of days or a week or however you long but to jump off the treadmill is important as well yeah, and like i say it's where you kind of recharge rest evaluate and get and get inspired for for the work that you come back to yeah and working from home like i, I kind of feel like 
you're constantly there's always something to do right we yeah. i mean we do everything anyway we're we're photographers videographers we're we do our website we do marketing instagram and everything if you take yourself away from your laptop there's a certain amount of that that you can't do all yeah. you can pretty much do then is reply to emails yeah do student ninja whatever but you can't like do the I don't know, some editing or whatever. You couldn't just put up Lightroom and do something. You're <laughs> yeah. away. Do you know what I mean? You're probably not going to do that. I think that's really important to take your, to force yourself away from things like that. But I think also, like you said as well, is that, is that working from home? And this is something that just has kind of been playing on my mind whilst I was away and kind of a little bit of a battle with is, is when you're at home, it's not just all those work tasks. I know that I come away, I've got a week's worth of washing sat in my machine. <laughs> yeah. And that break from my desk to, you know, to my, my screen time break probably involves going to the garden hanging the washing out or yeah. unloading the dishwasher and all those things if you're at the office you take a trip to the toilet or the water cooler or <laughs> yeah. go for a walk around the car park and it becomes you're still kind of in that throes of, of doing stuff and having kind of chores on your mind all the time yeah. so I think that as much as the step away was nice I do wonder in order to be more productive when I'm home whether that's the next step for me is to find somewhere out of the house yeah very true to work very true how was the weather because it just i am so fed up with filming rainy weddings honestly i feel like you yeah, like we you know you think now we're into may like we're almost yeah. next month's halfway through the year and i still feel like i've had one wedding so far where the sun has shone was that caroline and christian pretty right? much yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah that that was the the wedding like and, and if that's my summer i think i'm, I'm ready for another holiday already <laughs> um but again we're shooting again this weekend coming up aren't we, we? Are. And, yeah and, and the, the current forecast is sunny it is, so it, I'm, I'm hoping that this is a thing and that we can add it as like the triple threat to like, you get yeah. me on the photo, you on the video and the sunshine. Sun like if ever yeah. me and you come together, the sun's going to shine. So I'm hoping that that will be the case. Cause... And that's the only sunny wedding I've done in the last six, this is the most British podcast ever, <laughs> yeah. in the last six or seven months. But you know what? I'm just so fed up with it. I just really need, like obviously you make the most of it and whatever. And we've said a bit before, like don't let it get you down. Don't let it like in like stop your creativity but oh my god i just need some like sunny days yeah. just to get that like flare back you know and i found that like say stepping off the treadmill and when we were in new york we had a mixture of weather like we had one day where it rained so we went shopping but then we had a good two or three days of dry pretty warm weather and then the last two days were, were really sunny yeah. and walking around central park kind of you know that the hum of the city in the background but yeah. hearing birds and kind of just people laughing and it being like in nature but in a city in the sun was that. lovely yeah. and even just that like wander around there in the morning I kind of felt like I, I needed that like I've never been I've never realized how much the weather has dictated my mood yeah. until I was kind of in that moment and was yeah. like that sun is warm and it feels yeah. so good like it just feels nice to kind of to see it again after I feel like city yeah. life is missing like those sort of parks like yeah you know, you need that, that little bit of area you can go to and just tune out. We don't have to drive like, you know, an hour one way just to yeah. get somewhere where you can just relax sort of thing. So Central Park, yeah, I remember it being, it being absolutely lovely. Like one minute you're literally in the hustle bustle of New York and next minute you're just in a park and there's just people doing yoga and stuff. And it's huge as well. It's just, it, for anyone who hasn't seen this, this is the first time I've ever been to New York and I feel like it, it definitely won't be the last. And mm. yeah, to have something which, like I say, is that is you can see the size of skyscrapers, yeah. but through the trees whilst you're sat by like a lake, it's bizarre. And for me, I found it really comforting. Like I have friends who live in the countryside and I love to visit the countryside, but I, I don't like being cut off. Yeah. So to be somewhere like that, where within the space of kind of really quite quickly, you can be in both. Yes, definitely. Like, you know, we wandered the park and it was serene like and lovely. And then I was like, I'm hungry. I want lunch. And so you walk... Head back into town. Back into town. Yeah. And I've got food carts. I've got restaurants. I've got fast food. Everything that you want. All the conveniences the of the city. Combo. And then walk back into the park and lay on the grass to eat it. <laughs> it, it was the dream. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so talking about your holiday. We're, so we're obviously the Wedding Capture Co podcast. Um, 
I'm Chris, this is Tom. If you haven't heard us before, I'm the videographer, Tom's a photographer. And this is a podcast uh, just just talking about the things that we've learned in our time as a photographer and a videographer doing weddings and just sort of trying to share some businessy tips, just talking about how we operate on the wedding day. And just like, is this the conversation that you have, you know, when you're sort of working with a photographer or a videographer and you're sort of having your dinner break? These yeah. are the sort of conversations you have, right? We had a really nice com- we had a really nice comment on, on our Instagram um, the other day at Wedding Capture Co. If you want to follow us, um, by the way, I'll just drop that in there um, from the lovely Dan Dan Todd. Now we both worked with Dan in the past. Um, yeah. Dan's a dude. I really like Dan, and he said that he found our podcast and really enjoyed it because he likened it to like you said that chat that you have over lunch. Yeah. Because when you meet a new photographer or videographer for the time at a wedding, obviously you've worked. By the time you sit to dinner, you've sat. You know, you've worked alongside each other a bunch. But sometimes you've never met that person before. And yeah. kind of just to have that hour, just to kind of chat. The thing that you know you've got in common is what you do. And you end up and, talking about and that. And so the it? chat often ends up to, yeah, previous weddings you've been to, what kit you use. Oh, I've noticed that you've got that lens. And yeah. it kind of goes like that. So we've kind of scooped all that up and put it on the internet, really. And that's kind of the basis of this podcast. And that's a really enjoyable part of being, as a videographer, we work with photographers at every wedding. So we get that part pretty much every dinner time. And that's an enjoyable part for me. I like sitting down and talking about that. And me and Kate um, have spoken about doing photography and videography as one package. But then I'd miss like meeting new photographers and having yeah. those sort of conversations and, you know, the social element of it. And I think as well, it leads very nicely into today's in into today's topic is to be inspired by watching somebody else work. Like I know when I started my career that I shot quite a lot of weddings from I'm going to be a photographer, I'm going to go I'll book these weddings. I've never shot a wedding in my life or never watched anybody else work. And in those kind of probably, you know, first two or three years, actually starting to get second shooting jobs and going and seeing how other photographers that have been doing it a lot longer than I had or shot more weddings than I had, just watching little tips from them, kind of having light bulb moments alongside yeah. helping them really kind of inspired me to go, oh, that makes so much more sense. Yeah. Why didn't I think of it that way? <laughs> and, you, and you don't know because you're in your bubble. Mm. But when you kind of expand that... It really, really helps. When you were starting, did you ever second shoot first or did you no. just head straight? Yeah, I, reckon, I literally um, was in my last year as a student when I shot my first wedding and it was a couple down my road. Um, yeah. They were getting married. They knew I had on my degree. They didn't have a lot of money. So literally they knocked my front door and asked my mum, like, do you think that someone will shoot our wedding? And I was like, I need the money. I was a third year student with, yeah. a, with a heavy, you know, a big exhibition Student to fund. Yeah. And so I rented some kit from the cupboard in the, in the university along with my own camera. And literally I remember sat, being sat cross-legged on my bed in my bedroom with my mum and dad's wedding album. Like, bear in mind, my mum and dad got married in the early 80s, yeah. the night before this wedding, flicking through this, this dusty brown <laughs> wedding album of posed photographs of my uncle with a mullet. And that was kind of, that was... Yeah, probably one of the first inspiration sources yeah. to wedding photography that I took. And it probably, sadly, probably carried on like that for a couple of years as well, where I shot this wedding and found that I learned on the job was, oh, this is probably a cool place to stand, or this is a cool thing to do. And yeah. it wasn't until I started then probably finding other photographers to talk to, starting to maybe go to some education and meet other photographers, or just see that kind of world of other work that was out there, Yeah, that I kind of was like, oh, you can do that, or I can stand there. Yeah, definitely. And and I found at that time, obviously, that was really inspiring. I feel like it's twofold if you do second shoot, because in one sense, like, you can learn all of that very quickly by second shooting. I feel like if I'd, I'd always recommend somebody, if they're starting up to try and second shoot for as many people as possible, find out what they're doing. And it's like a very, it's like a, 
sort of shortcut to learning a lot of the things that the do's and don'ts yeah. whereas I think because for for myself I went straight into shooting weddings on my own first shooting there's a lot of things that took me so long to realize oh my god like I don't need to do that or oh my god I really need to do that but like for example the first wedding I did I I stood there and filmed everyone eating for two hours and it's like what like yeah. now I think why did I do that but didn't know any different because I hadn't followed anybody else and but and on the other sort of side of the coin, you could probably pick up bad habits. Like you could work yeah. with a photographer who, um, I, I don't know what a bad habit would be, to be honest, but maybe you could work with a photographer who just tries to smash out group shots. And then years down the line, you realize actually you want that, you know, to make them a bit more, a bit more fun yeah. and a bit more like exciting. But you didn't know that because you, you thought that the normal thing was they've got to be miserable and smiley and like really, you know, I think I think that's it. Is is not finding is to shoot with when you're in the beginning, looking at other photographers or videographers' work in your field is great because you don't know any better. Mm. And I think it comes back to that old adage of kind of you can only break the rules when you know the rules. Yeah. And when I started, I didn't even know the rules. I didn't know what I was doing. And to kind of shoot with other people to go, oh, they actually do shoot that or don't shoot that. And then to kind of look at that and go okay well this is what i have to do and do that for a couple of years and kind of build my foundations of, of have an understanding of the wedding day and then kind of coming through that and going well how can i make it better how can i make it work for me or make it work yeah. better for my couples and started switching around you know i think it's not always sometimes what you do it's when you do it and the time that you spend on certain things like yeah. i still find now that if you know a couple walk into dinner I stay in the room normally until starters start coming out yeah. because some of those across the table interactions are quite nice and people are sat down, they're picking up their favours or they're, yeah, they're joking. Definitely. But I know that that only needs to make up a very small part of their gallery. Mm. So as soon as you know people are bringing starters out and forks are going in mouths, I don't need to be there. Yeah. So I can back off and then I'll come back in again, probably just as either they're having dessert or clearing dessert to get those interactions again leading into speeches if they're after yeah. but you don't need to spend that two hours over dinner <laughs> but at the same time if I go like you said with group shots oh, I really want to spend some more time doing those I want to get some chairs involved I want to pick a better location for them it, it's, it, it's, it's blending you know once you know the rules of what or kind of you've got those that safe kind of structure in your mind is where you go from there with it to make it your own yeah exactly and I feel like if you work like we did and just work your way through it you find out what works for you and um, one of the things I wanted to talk about is when you find an inspiration, it's not necessarily going to be the path you end up taking. So when we first started, um, or when it was just me, when I first started, I um, took heavy inspiration from one particular videographer. And as the more I did exactly what they do, the more I realized it's not what I wanted to do, yeah. even though like I really enjoyed watching their films and I thought they were like they were quality. The more I was doing it, the more I was like, oh, no, I'll just do it this way. And then you kind of develop your own hybrid style based on that. So I think while inspiration is good in terms of like you can get your, you can, you know, follow a particular person's work and think, you know, this is kind of how I want to be. You're always going to find your own little ways of doing things between that. I think that's it. Everybody takes different things out of different people's work. Like you could look at somebody and go, I want to be them but you're never going to be them because they've got their own set of inspiration sources yeah. and their own route into 
into this industry. And I think you personally, I think that your your style or my style is definitely an amalgamation of all of the things that I've done up to this point. And you're definitely a product of the sources that you consume. And yes. so yeah. if you're feeling uninspired, maybe the the people that you're talking to or the books that you're reading or the movies that you're watching or the work that you're, you know, the stuff that you're scrolling on Instagram needs to change in order to refresh that. Yeah. Um, and, and definitely, you know, the, the, the reason for me, us wanting to do this topic this week was from me coming back from New York, a city that I'd never visited before. It was almost like that thing of seeing stuff through a child's eyes. Do you know what I mean when everything is new? Yeah. Like there's yeah. like you know, like a kid wanders down the road and sees a dog for the first time, it's the best thing ever because they've never <laughs> seen a dog before. Where to go somewhere you've never been, you're discovering every turn of the street is you might have seen it on a postcard or in a movie, but you're seeing it in front of your eyes for the first time yeah. and it's like this is amazing. This You're is taking so cool. everything in so much. And it yeah. Definitely. And like, and we went to MoMA while we were there, the Museum of Modern Art. Um, and I used to love going to galleries as a student. And it's something which I've criminally neglected as I've got older. And going in there and we saw Starry Night by Van Gogh. That's on display at the moment. Okay. Um, and again, I've seen it in lots of books. Yeah. I've seen the pictures. But actually to stand in front of a painting, someone else's art, and absorb that in person is hugely That's, inspiring. Yeah. So um, different, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and, and, you know, and, and you could say, oh, well, do you know what? Like an abstract painting of a night sky uh, is so different to wedding photography. But I think it's just consuming other people's art, which is so far removed from what you do. It's You kind of see things in a different way or you go, well, how could I take some of that and bring it to what I do? I feel like also seeing it in context as well. It's one thing seeing it in a book or like you say on, on TV or something. Mm. But if you're seeing it in a gallery, people are walking past and like like looking at it and really taking their time to... That you're, you're seeing sort of what it was made for. Yeah. It's to be like analysed and sort of and looked at. And I think the context of what wedding films and photography is made for can can sometimes get lost yes it's like oh we're doing these oh, cool amazing looking things that are really good on our ground but like what is it for and yeah what why that why you know why did wedding photography start it's not wedding photography never started to get an amazing photo of sunset it started to get shots of you and your family like, yeah. after the church ceremony sort of thing so and i think as well like that context is everything like, well wouldn't it be nice if you could say to a couple like do you know, rather than when you send, you send their gallery back, you know that they're probably sat on the sofa scrolling on their phone or yeah. if you could control that space because, like you say, contact is everything. Like, if you could have a white room in your house, like, yeah. with a big TV on the yeah. wall, <laughs> yeah. and yeah. you said, do you know what, I'm going to deliver your wedding film, I want you to come round, and you put them in, like, a white cube with, like, a diffuser <laughs> in the corner so it smells really nice. And, you know, it's, it's senses for everything, isn't it? Yeah. And so you sit them on a really comfy beanbag yeah. in like a silent room when you leave, make them leave their phones outside and consume their wedding film in that way yeah. that you're curating all of it. The intended sort of yeah, consumption. Like, of almost it. like you're, and you're, 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 you're putting your work in that, like, in that space of art. Because I, I believe that's what it is. Like, as creators, we are creating art for our couples. Yeah. And to kind of almost give your work that respect rather than, yeah. oh, I'll chuck it on the gram, you know, and, yeah. and, and, and govern how well it's done by how many likes it gets. Mm, yeah. Um, which is a conversation for a whole nother, like, thing. But That's I think in terms of being inspired, it's, yeah, it's don't look at the likes and look at anything and just kind of, or it's not always content. Like, me looking at Starry Night didn't go, oh, I'm going to go and take a long exposure of a night sky with a company <laughs> at the wedding so I get these cool blurs. Yeah. It was, like you say, it's looking at the way people interacted with that piece I think it's really it interesting for. what you said there because if you put a couple in a white room and that we're never there for 
to see the end result of what we do. The end yeah. result isn't the photos. The end result is their reaction when they look at them, mm. right? And we're never there to see that. And like you say, it's probably not consumed in the way that we would like yeah. it to be consumed. Someone's not turning, like when they get their photo mm. gallery, for example, don't know how it works. Maybe they can view them on a the TV or a big screen or something like that. But they're probably not doing that. They're probably opening yeah. their phone, scrolling through. Like you've taken the time to yeah. edit these. You've got a camera that can produce photos that can be blown up to the size of a wall. Mm. And they're like just... They're just on their phone scrolling through. And I feel like the intended consumption, I don't know how we've gone to this, but... Yeah, but again, <laughs> never, it's, 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 it's inspiration that. though, yeah. isn't it? And I was thinking, well, like you said, I'm consuming that in this gallery. And this gallery space is bespokely designed to view art. Yeah. But yeah. at the moment, like I say, I put mine in an online gallery and send them off. And I've just moved to a new gallery um, provider, which helps that experience. You know, it kind of lays the format nicer, the font that you use, the way that it comes back to the client looks nicer yeah but i think that inspiration it's not say just content related it's that i've been inspired about giving my couples more of an experience and i want them to maybe now when i send that final email it will say you know i always send them on a friday evening for that reason my gallery okay so that the couple should have finished work for the week and have a weekend yeah to look forward to so they're in the right headspace to look at them rather True. than it's oh it's a thursday between dinner we'll just chuck the three minute slideshow on <laughs> and then get back to our lives yeah but now saying, do you know what? Like, send them an email on the Wednesday, maybe saying your gallery is coming on the Friday. Yeah. Like, get that champagne, put it in the fridge. Make sure you haven't got That's any plans really for idea. the Friday, yeah. and you're and almost use some of that language that you've got to try and encourage them as much as you can to set that mood, so yeah. that when they they do deliver their gallery, that you're you're helping build that gallery in their house and yeah. almost make them give their own images the the time the and respect time that they deserve. And, yeah. and I was inspired to do that by going to the gallery. It wasn't always, oh, I went to look at photography. You know, I saw some incredible photography while I was there. I saw some of August Sanders' work and I saw some Stieglitz stuff and yeah. all of that, which was equally inspiring. But that inspired me content-wise, not experience-wise. Yeah, wise, yeah. That because sense. of the experience of going to that gallery and... Yes, and like you say, the, the the experience is designed like that's how it was designed to be seen, sort of thing. Um, but yeah, you can you can get your inspiration from anywhere, um, and you know we get our inspiration from going away. We get inspiration from books and music and and watching. I get a lot of my stuff from I guess it's inspiration slash education from YouTube videos and things like that, and seeing how other people work. But I think it's really interesting what you said before we started recording, which was that you can be inspired by somebody and you could probably reproduce the exact work they do. Mm. But what makes, what separates us all is what deep, what is, what, what do we do basically? Yeah. I think the reason that we're, we're all doing the same job with the same equipment and everything. The reason we're separated is because of our, like our deep down beliefs in what that product should be in life, our hobbies outside of, you know, there's a lot of photographers whose, whose hobbies outside of um, what they do. Uh, outside of wedding photography it might dictate some of the photos they take yeah. during the wedding sort of thing and I think as well and we, you know, we've, we've talked about this and I'm sure we will talk about it more in those episodes when it comes to talking about how you present yourself an ideal client and stuff but I think people always like to feel in good company like if you are if you have similar interests with your couples, hopefully you see the world in a similar way, which is probably why they're drawn to your work. Yeah. So it may seem odd like obviously I had a, a long career in music photography before I became into photographing weddings and a lot of my couples still book me now and go we love that you did band photography because okay. we can see some of that like you're not afraid to jump into the action yeah and you almost shoot a dance floor the same way that you would shoot yeah. a crowd at a festival and because they're music lovers or they, they they consume probably 
looking at music imagery the same way, yeah. that's kind of how they see that kind of version in yeah. their photos. Where if you're maybe uh, come from a landscape background and then got into photographing weddings, you might see the space at a venue of a wedding very differently to me. I'm like, I want the person. I don't want the tiny couple in the big landscape. Yeah. But if you've come from a landscape background and you're photographing people that love True. Yeah. landscapes, you, you know, it's, I find it fascinating that you could take six photographers to the same wedding with the same camera and the same lens and they would all make something vastly different. And that comes down to the sources they consume, the inspirations that they have, and the way that they project that into their work. Yeah, because our minds work so differently in terms mm. of like, at any given point, those six photographers will all think something different is more important than each other, than, than the other thing. So one person, one photographer yeah. might be like, oh, it's a good time to do a couple of shots. One person might be like, there's a hundred people here, candidates, let's go. Yeah. And like you say, and then one person might be like, oh, let's go get some location shots and stuff and go yeah. off and do that. And, and so it's really what sort of you prioritize in your head. And for me, that comes down to um, romance versus celebration. Some people see weddings as, um, a, a, you know, a romantic occasion where it should be sort of a, a love film in, as such. Yes. I see it as a party with, you know, your friends and family. And so that's, that's, I think that comes across in my films because we are a bit more upbeat and a bit more feel good. And like, yeah. we want people to watch it back and be laughing and happy and smiling rather than, you know, like, like we were saying with editorial is becoming quite a big thing now yes. in, in terms of film as well. You get the quite dramatic, dark films with, you know, everything's a silhouette and that kind of thing. I don't want my couples, I want my couples to see like yeah. just them in their happiest that they've ever been sort of thing. And, but like you say, someone might come to the wedding, same weddings that I'm going to and, and film in a completely different way. And I think film is a, is a much more fascinating medium for that. And I, and I do believe that you could send somebody to photograph or video a wedding for you and you could give that same set of footage to the same stuff yeah. to six different videographers with six different styles. And the way that they would grade, select the footage, yeah, that's a good you point. could probably yeah. make a very romantic, very arty editorial film out of the footage that you've created at any of the weddings you've shot this year, yeah. it's just that you've chose to focus in on some of those more, you know, the, the people rather than just the couple yeah. and the cheers and the claps rather than the little hand touches and the kisses. That's a, that's a very good point. And I think you've got much more scope in video to control, to project your inspiration and your narrative yeah. and make that day very much more through your eyes than you can as a photographer. Like you definitely do. You have, you know, you have a square box in an infinite landscape to, and where you choose to, to point your camera is very much your deal. Yeah. But to a certain degree, you can certainly photograph what's in front of you. Where I think with, with videography, there's a, there's a lot more license to kind of, yeah. to make whatever happens in front of your lens seem one way or the other with the addition of music or audio or. There's a whole mood and a vibe yeah. created by all of those things. And whereas I think with photography, you're almost, editing as you're shooting yes because that those vibe and that mood comes from the shot that you're taking and the framing that you're doing whereas with video yes it's the shot and the frame and the exposure and everything but a lot of if you have like the brightest um most colorful wedding but you're trying to make a, a dark and moody film you can do that in yeah. video because then you can put some really like slow piano stuff over it and everything like that and like you say i guess you have a lot more control with video and I never thought about that if, you know, if I handed off my footage to some editors who had a completely different view, yeah. they could prob probably make that sort of film, that editorial sort of film out of my footage. But I'd, I can't even see things that way anymore. Even when I'm looking on Instagram and I'm like, well, these videos are, these are really good. But I just, I couldn't make that because 
I'm always picking um, the shot of the bride maybe almost falling over yeah. over a shot of like a really amazing landscape or something because for me like that's something you want to look back on and have a laugh at like um, so I'll say that because I was editing the wedding that me and you did with yes. like, Caroline and Christian and there's a shot where um, just after you were in the bush photographing <laughs> the my nose, I had to twig up my nose <laughs> trying to get the shot through the trees. The things you yeah. do for the shot. So I swung the camera around and you were in the bush and you got to stick up your nose and I swung the camera around back around again and they're laughing and because they're laughing she almost falls over <laughs> and I've just put that in the middle of their film and I thought that would yeah. be hilarious so we watched back that and, and that's, yeah, so I'm always going to pick those things because my mind just sees things, sees things in that kind of like really bright sort of happy, you know, just humor i guess yeah and i think and i think you probably find that that's down to say the choices that you've made towards your style but you probably find and i'm generalizing here that you maybe watch more uplifting things where if you're someone that watches yeah, a lot true. of kind of really kind of you know gritty. heavy gritty yeah. cinema that or things which are really underlit things with silhouettes is, yeah. you know you can consume those things and you you probably see i take if i watch a tv series i look at framing i look at light but then you can look at the way that someone can use music and the way a music drops or cuts to change the mood in a film quite yeah. quickly. And it's all of those things because the medium is the same. That's huge. Have you ever seen Ted Lasso? No, I haven't. So no, I don't want to talk about like, inspirations exactly, but like there's programs like Ted Lasso and there's something about like the music that they use and the roller coaster of emotions that's in it. It's like a feel-good, colourful, um, like it's not gritty or, or whatever. Yeah. But it has some really sort of dark undertones to it. And the way they, you know, the one scene will be like they've won the football game. Everyone's really happy. And the next scene, like he'll be sat on his own, you know, with a pint and not yeah. like sort of feeling lonely and that isolation. That's what I try and I think because I watch a lot of sitcoms and those kind of things yeah. that I feel good, but have a little bit of like emotion in them. We, when we talk to our couples, we talk about the roller coaster of emotions. Yeah. We say, look, yeah, we're feel good you know high energy videographers but at the end of the day like your wedding is going to have bits that are emotional and stuff so what we try and do is build it up so that you're really happy and then bring it right down to something that's like you know a bit of groom talking about the bride and some couple shots and then that's the bit where you want to cry and then we'll like build it back up against the party and yeah. I feel like that inspiration comes from the comedies and, and also that flip makes the sad moment seem more poignant yes yeah you know exactly. i mean it's that whole yeah. Like, yeah you've got to appreciate the heart you know you've got you've got to have the lows to appreciate the high moments yeah. and if you can do that in a narrative like say at one moment there's a dance floor full of people carrying the groom round yeah but then there's the shot of like the nan sat in the corner by herself you've just yeah. done that ah oh, yeah yeah and then you go back and it goes like saying and weddings wedding days provide you with natural roller coasters of, yeah. of sad moments happy moments emotional moments and all of those things and so just because you are you know you sell yourself as a happy and lively photographer videographer it doesn't mean that you can't include those moments it helps but you don't turn those happy moments into cinematic sad moments for your narrative yeah. as well you kind of you know you feed it all differently and i think to be able to tie something back to something as like des decisive as that i think is brilliant to go and you know because on the face of it if you said oh i've spent my afternoon watching ted lasso <laughs> you would say there's actually no work benefit yeah. in that at all but when you can see something like that in your work but yeah it, yeah, yeah exactly and it just makes me like when i'm watching it i'm like i'm really happy and i'm like oh yeah i'm really happy for him and then i'll see that and i'm like oh and then i'm like that's that filmmaking is, is quality yeah. because i want to feel that when i'm watching something back and 
you know, our couples want to feel that as well, that all the different kind of emotions. And we've now, I've now added that to the front page of the website in the last couple of days. Like, mm. you will see the highs and you will see the lows. And that's like, not lows, yeah. I'm exactly yeah, but, but I think the more emotional yeah. parts, I guess. Um, like, if, you know, if there's a father of the bride doing a particularly emotional part of the speech about, you know, family members that have passed or whatever, that's going to be in there probably after a happy bit because that's going to bring you back yeah. and be quite slow and like nice, like it's a nice thing to look back on at a moment to sort of take that in and then we'll go to like dancing and stuff or something like that. Um, but how, so how would you do that in photos? Do you think like what? It's hard. And I, I find it very different. And sometimes it's something that I've come over the years to realize that in, I think I do add or shoot slightly differently on the day. If I know that the couple has a videographer with me, okay. like I feel like I don't think of, imagine if you're a musician and you either, make albums or you make singles right so yeah. you kind of think of your hero shots of your sunsets and your rest of it they're your singles yeah, yeah. they're yeah, the thing they're the things that put bums in seats and, <laughs> and you know they're the kind of thing that gets the likes on the instagram yeah but there's a lot of those frames in between frames connecting frames in a gallery which are the album tracks and yeah. he, and i i like to think that I, i'm a person that loves albums i'll buy an album listen to it from start to finish yeah. that you need all of it but so for example if i go to bridal prep in the morning if i don't get it on the way in I'll always get on the way out is there'll be a shot of the house they get ready in or the room number they get ready in or if it's at their parents' house, there's the shot from the drive. Because I don't just want to jump the gallery to begin with the bride having her makeup done. Yeah. There's no journey to it. Story, yeah. And or if I, you know, and you leave the house, I like the shot, even if it's a, photo, a still photograph of a car outside the house before I drive on, there, I don't like to go like somewhere from jump to location to location with no transition photo. Yeah. And you might not see that photo unless you consume the whole gallery. Um, and I find that myself maybe sometimes relying less on those if my couple have a video because it's played out in the video. Yeah. But I feel for them, if they don't have one, that it's my responsibility sometimes to hone into that B-roll or connecting frames more. Yeah. That you have to have it. And even sometimes that shot's not the best shot of, you know, when they walk into the room to be announced into dinner. Sometimes it's messy because it's backlit because they're coming from outside or they yeah. don't do a big cheer or like the coordinator who's opened the door still stood awkwardly in the background. Yeah. <laughs> but that frame still has to be there. Yeah. Because otherwise you have your dinner time couple shoot. Then the next frame you've got is people sat at a dinner table like yeah. candid. Yeah. And there's no connection to the day. It looks like you've jumped around too much where I like things like a, a TV episode or a film or an album to have a journey through it. Yeah. And so those high moments go into low moments, but they all connect through the space of the gallery yeah i love the way you've said that because i don't think i've ever spoken to a photographer about that before but when i see a, a photography gallery like a full gallery mm -hmm. i'm seeing that as like the full story of the day yeah. and like the way that you think about things the way that you've just explained how you think about things where there's there's bits that that join the different moments together different locations yeah. or venue shots that's what i'm thinking about when i'm doing video yes. as well but i find it so surprising that people will book photographers without looking at the full gallery yeah because surely that's the full story and yeah but i think people when they're thinking of photographers aren't necessarily thinking like you and thinking like that gallery has to tell the full story they're thinking what little bits what singles yeah. can i pick out of the yes. album that are going to be on my wall and things like and, that. and ultimately don't you know when we're liking it back to music again a, a good single sells an album yeah like most of the times when you're younger particularly or you're finding artists for the first time, you hear that song on the radio and the, you go, oh, yeah. that's a big song, I like yeah. that. And then you want to find out more about that person, which is why you go buy the album. Yeah. And I think your photography or film is exactly the same. You see that sunset banger or that big like confetti moment in, and you go, oh, that's what I want for my day. Yeah. 
and then wants you to look at that photographer more so it pulls you in and so it's having those yeah. layers where that you know a lot of those transitional frames like if i put a picture of you know like grandma's house where the, the maybe the bride grew up on yeah. my Instagram, no one care. No, exactly. Because it's not their grandma's yeah. house. In the gallery. They go, oh, you took a photo of a, of a hand, random house in a lineup of a street. <laughs> yeah. But in yeah. the context of a gallery, when that bride looks at that in 20 years' time, when sadly maybe grandma's passed or she doesn't live in that house anymore, Very, and yeah. she looks at it and goes, that's the childhood home that I remember. Yeah. And that is why I got ready there. And it can be little things. Like sometimes I love going to houses to get to do bridal prep rather than mm. rather than... Um, hotels because they're steeped in family memories and it's little things which I love to go and find and maybe I'm just nosy I don't know but like (laughs) if you go to someone's house to do a thing one of the first things that I do in the morning is someone goes do you want a drink yeah I get coffee and I go into into the kitchen you judge their coffee and there's normally (laughs) there's normally a calendar on the wall spit it back out no sugar (laughs) (laughs) you have bad coffee in the morning it's like no no that's that's, that's a different subject Um, there'll be a calendar on the wall yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I Checking love to see, yeah. I love to see yeah. how people put their sons or their own wedding days in their calendar. Okay. Some people have a giant heart written yeah, around yeah. that day. Oh, wedding. Or it's just like Dave and Sue's day <laughs> or something like that. But just a shot of a calendar when you've got like November in fall off and the day with how they've chosen to write in their mum's handwriting or whatever. Yeah. To put their day yeah. in their calendar. Like, again, if you put it on Instagram, no one would care. But in 10 years' time, when they look at their mum's handwriting that wrote their son and or daughter's wedding day on their calendar, yeah. that's quite a powerful moment. Or the invite might be on the fridge. Yeah. Fridges are great. That's I love a, I love a fridge. Love a fridge. When, you got, when you got an, an invite on the fridge. Surrounded with, by like little holiday with, yeah, things. Yeah, like, like say, like a, yeah, like a, like a, maybe like a little another photo from a photo book from a previous wedding or yeah, yeah like a travel magnet because they went to Cyprus last year. Yeah. All those things. That's story and it's an object. But you've got the power to to harness that and tie it back to your couple. And, you know, it's in this, in the same way that, um, you know, when you watch a film, like props in films can dictate a story. Now I only found out the other day about this, that if you have something on the wall in a film, that's not a prop. It's a set piece. Okay. Props is short for property. Yeah. So in order to be a prop, it has to belong to somebody or be actually used in the film. Oh, I didn't know that. Which I didn't know. I, I found that by reading something. Yeah. So yeah. So, yeah. so but, but a prop is, can be everything. Like, yeah. I shot a wedding, which I'm just about to deliver. And like she said to me, um, like my nan has sadly passed away, but I have her mirror, like a handheld vanity mirror. Yeah. It was a very beautiful mirror, but maybe I didn't know. I would if I hadn't known the significance of it. I wouldn't have made sure that I had that shot of her looking in, checking her makeup before she left the house. Yeah. In this small mirror. And they're your props that she kind of, you know, in a, in a film. They're all characters, I think. Yeah. That's a, that's a big thing that I say, like your venue, your flowers, your dress, everything are, are characters because yeah. um, some, some of them mean something to you. Like, you know, it's an it's a, it's a item that's been passed down over generations or some, something. Some of them, obviously, you know, you've been to lots of shops of your bridesmaids to go yeah. and find that dress. Like, it's not just a shot of the dress. That's a, yeah. you've, you know, you've put everything into getting that sort of thing. And I think um, that comes down to getting inspiration from your couple. And yeah. I think that's a big thing as well. Like what you were saying about the fridge, like that really resonated with me because it's something I, I, I honestly don't do. But thinking about it, that's such a, um, a representation of their personality, the sort of family they're going to be. Um, and I think it's really important to take inspiration from the couple and on the day because it's so easy as videographers and photographers who go to lots of weddings to turn up to a wedding 
especially if it's at a venue you've been to before and go, oh, I'm going to get a shot at this, I'm going to get a shot at this, and, and I'm just going to do my yeah. thing. And then you'll miss the things that are really unique to that one couple because you're ticking off your list. And we've spoken about this before with looking at shots that other photographers have taken at a venue you've been to and stuff and or getting set on one particular shot and turning up and not being able to get that shot. Um, but if you really set your mind on doing that stuff, then you sometimes forget to look at the small things like you've just mentioned. And I think it's very easy to do when you're in the grind of a wedding season, particularly after the couple of years that we've come off the back of where you're shooting volume. Yeah. It's really easy if you don't jump off the treadmill yeah. to kind of get stuck in the, oh, my third wedding at this venue, there's a season. <laughs> oh, like I didn't get that shot last time because the flowers went out in that bit, but I'm doing that. And, you, got, and yeah. you kind of get stuck on this track of, oh, it's a wedding at X venue. So we get these shots yeah. and you, and you, kind of you know you turn up to the location but you miss the narrative yes and you're you know and, and like you were saying with the leading on from the fridge thing is you have your own inspiration sources which lead you to your style and your couple have booked you for those so they're important but it's also looking at your couple and seeing what gets them excited yeah what they're inspired by and if you can say like you know if i spoke to a couple and you can tell you know you have the first client meeting and they've got a grand budapest hotel poster on their wall and you go, oh, you was Anderson fans. And yeah. they go, oh, we love Wes. You know? And I appreciate it, but he's not my go-to source. Yeah. But I might know on the day that I'm not particularly a post-wedding photographer. But if I see like a nice symmetrical scene. Yeah. Or there might be some references. Yeah. I might go, do you want to do a Wes style shot? Yeah. You know, like the deadpan stood. <laughs> and I might not show it because it's not for me. No. It's not my style. It's not my inspiration you take source. inspiration from But I have inspiration enjoy. from what they love. Yeah. And know that then they maybe would love that style of shot. Yeah. And it would bleed in. And hopefully, you know, when we, when we do our ideal couple episode, a lot of times, once you book people or people book you that are similar in interest to you, you're, you're seeing things in a similar way yeah. or you're inspired by similar sources so that you know they want what you want. But it's taking your inspiration and their inspiration and just, just, to, just to change the mood and add some excitement. Yeah. I think it's really the room, isn't it? Like yeah. they've booked you because they like your work, but your work should be a reflection of what they like mm. also, I think. Like your reflection, your work is a reflection of what they like, but they should be a reflection of your work. If yes. that makes sense. And like I think it's, it's ever changing as well. Ways, yeah. Like if I looked at what inspired me when I began wedding photography to what inspires me now, they're quite different. And I'd like to think that you can see that my work has evolved, not yeah. only from my experience of shooting lots of weddings, but also as you grow older, your inspirations change. Yes. You know, maybe things that you love, like that band that, you know, you had every poster of and went to every show of 10 years ago. Now we're like, oh, they're all right. Yeah. And so, and that, what was I thinking? Uh, yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> what, you know, what was I thinking? Or, yeah. and your kind of your inspirations do change. And that, and that's got to be reflected. I think, you know, if you, if you are a true creative, that whatever you consume will come out some way in what you do. Yeah. And you're very much, and I believe you're very much a product of what you consume. Yeah. And so to be inspired sometimes, it's it's controlling what you consume, yeah. which I think kind of leads into probably some of the kind of the, one of the kind of closing points, which flips where we began, that when you begin, I think you need to consume lots of wedding or people around you in your industry to get an understanding of what you do. Yeah. But there definitely becomes a tipping point where looking at what your direct competition is making becomes harmful to your own creativity. Yeah. Comparison um, can be dangerous, I think. Yeah. There's a certain amount of 
um, obviously, like you said, looking at other people's work, you can get inspiration from it. You can you can be like, wow, that's a nice shot, or that's a nice pose, and yeah. get and get small things from it. Or maybe there's there's a particular music or a style that you like. Maybe you know, for me, I've, I you know might see oh, someone's done thirty seconds at the beginning of a long film, which is more like a little trailer at the beginning of the long film, and I start start doing that, which is something I do do. Um, but then. If you can, yeah, like you say, if if you find someone that you really like and you start watching their stuff, and then sometimes it can get into that imposter syndrome of yeah, of oh why why don't I get those couples? Why don't I create that stuff? And then you sort of lose that, you know, maybe you see something from this person that you really like, and then the next wedding you do, you try it, but then you realise your couple aren't that couple. Yeah, and, and so, you're not that person that's making it. Yeah, like they've said something or they've acted in a certain way or they've pointed their lens at a certain part and. Probably lots of the things that you love, you could find at the weddings that you're doing. Yeah. It's just how you control the narrative down to your inspiration sources. And I think it leads back to probably one of the biggest things is you can only be you. Yeah. You can find someone who matches on, you know, that you do like all the same music or, you know, you like the same films or whatever, but you still see, you've still had different things happen to you or you still see things differently through your own eyes. Yeah. And it's having that confidence sometimes or creative ability to embrace who you are and what you consume and standing by it yeah. rather than going, oh, well, I really love dark and moody, but I only know how to shoot fun weddings. So I'm going to do that. And I, I find it very odd when people yeah. kind of want to shoot. You know, you can appreciate both. You can enjoy another style. But, and I think you can yeah. enjoy another style or appreciate another style, but I'd find it hard to kind of, to not let who you are truly come out in. Yeah. Your style is your yeah. style because you enjoy doing that. And so if you're trying to be like this person, you might not enjoy it as much and that's probably going to come across in your work. Yeah. Um, like I do love the sort of really dramatic cinematic films because often they're shorter and the, the shots are much more thought about. Like you can tell that they've, they've stood the bride in front of the window and they're getting behind them for the silhouette shot and they're telling them to, to do all this with the curtains yeah. and stuff like that. And they're, they're, their couples would probably expect it. But as soon as I went to do something like that, I would feel like a little bit like, oh, this is a nice shot, but I'm not really, I don't know yeah. if I'm digging it sort of thing. But um, it's okay to appreciate that and take inspiration from it, but not necessarily do it. Like I've seen shots of like the bride, like, you know, touching the wedding dress and stuff like that. And, and I've tried to do that before and it gets a bit awkward for some of our couples because our couples just aren't into all of that stuff. But there was a, there was a time uh, at the last wedding we did where the bride was naturally doing it. She was hanging her wedding dress and putting it up and I was like, Actually, I know this yeah. shot works because I've seen it in a in a bit more of a posed environment. So I'm going to film it in the more natural environment. And I think and I think that's probably something which is brilliant, is or kind of a really good place to, to say as well is your inspiration doesn't have to be one track. Yeah. Like my music collection is eclectic. Like it's very eclectic. There's yeah. there's a, a whole range of stuff in there, and probably you know the TV that I consume isn't just I only I only watch you know crime dramas. I don't. I watch lots of things. And yeah. so sometimes you can pull on different parts of inspiration or different parts of your personality depending on the couple you've got in front of you. Yes. True. Like if you have a couple that may love your work but by naturally their day is maybe a much more emotionally charged, you may feel that you lean into a certain you know, thread of inspiration and go, oh, well, that really looks like this or that really feels this way. I'm going to shoot it like this. Where if you're, yeah. you know, it's like a winter wedding, much more emotionally charged to a summer wedding in a festival field where people are, you know, like throwing smoke everywhere yeah. and splashing drinks. You can't do that same thing. No, but it, you have to be flexible. But you're inspired by something else so you see something else in it. Like, oh, do you know what? I went to a festival, you know, a lot in my youth and that really reminds me of this. So I'm going to shoot it in that way. Yeah. And it's not to say that 
your style has to be so refined that you only ever shoot one type of day. Yeah. But it should still kind of have that core presence of of you and your sources within it. Yeah, it's going to be you because you're drawing inspiration from your own sources. But obviously, like you say, every wedding is different. Mm. So if you, and we all have different ways of approaching things, but you can't approach that summer wedding in the same way you would approach that rainy winter wedding yeah. sort of thing. Um, and I think it's really important. Um, but also I think it's important to look at what other wedding suppliers are doing as well because the general gist and shift of an industry you sort of have to keep up with that i'm really ba- ba- bad at basically i don't i hate scrolling from a wedding instagram i don't yeah. know why i just sometimes you get wedding fatigue right and i'm just like yeah. i'll post something and they'll come straight off of it and i won't look at all the photos that are being posted on there and stuff sometimes you just you just don't want to you know you just want to crack on with what you're doing basically rather than get into that into that rabbit hole but some i give myself time and I actually have it scheduled in my um, like to-do app, give myself time to look through Instagram just to find out what people yeah. are doing, you know, what the latest trends in um, photo and video, what our wedding planners saying that couples should or yes. shouldn't do as well, which is a big thing because then you can step in and be like, actually, that might, that might not be a good idea for videography yeah. or actually like check out this wedding plan. I'm going to share this, you know, thing that they've posted. So getting inspiration from other suppliers in the industry and what they're heading towards is also really important, I think, as well. I think it's got to be healthy for you. That's the main thing is yeah. there's a time and a, com- a place to consume all of it. And if I find that I'm bogged down with weddings, my, my editing pile starting to creep up or I'm feeling a little bit uninspired, the worst thing I can do is go and look at Instagram yes. and see that everyone else is going, oh, I'm fully booked for next year. And oh, I'm, you know, and I find that, in uh, yeah, I find yeah. it quite damaging. Yeah. But then I know in an off season, when I'm probably having shot a wedding for two or three months and I'm missing shooting weddings, yeah. I love going to Instagram and seeing what everybody else is posting. And it really allows me to get inspired and excited about that genre again. Yes. But I yeah. find that in the summer, when I'm going to lots of weddings, I need to consume other things, not only to switch off, but yeah. for my own well-being and yeah. to not let that imposter syndrome creep in. So I think it's not saying don't look at it. It's knowing when's right for you to look at it and what and what to be inspired by and what to consume and when so that it becomes inspiring rather than damaging. Yeah. And you've put in capital letters rest. So yes. and I think that's that's a very key point take yourself away from it because then that's when all the best things come out basically yeah you can't force inspiration not at all my best ideas come out when i'm in the shower and like i've always thought that's well weird but the truth is you can't do anything else except from wash and stand when you're in the shower so your mind is being taken out of an environment so that you you're it's being cleared of all of the things that you've been thinking about throughout the day i need to do this i need to do this i need to do this and suddenly you're like oh maybe i could you know, start yeah. this or create a, this new page on the website. Oh, this is a good paragraph to put here. Or uh, I remember to reply to this email that I didn't reply to. It. I mean, so I think that's it. Once your mind is void of other things, that's when your inspiration creeps yeah. in. And he's just come in and done a lap of the table and walked out again. But walking <laughs> Max for me, having Cynthia, he, he was his birthday yesterday. He was four for the last three or four years being forced to spend half an hour or an hour yeah. at the beginning and the end of each day walking to give him exercise. Yeah. It's been brilliant for me to, in the morning, I can wander and go, okay, what do I need to do today? Yeah. And kind of build that kind of to-do list in your head rather than going, I need to be busy, need to be busy, and jumping straight to my desk and flapping like a headless chicken yeah. for an hour. I can kind of look at things more rationally because I have nothing else to do rather than walk in. I've got a solution for that coming up have in you? the next episode. Oh, okay. So. That, that, that's amazing. <laughs> so that, that's really cool. So yeah, that will lead into that nicely. Yeah. So doing that, but also again, you know, going back to my holiday again, sitting on a plane and watching 
you know, something from a list of 20 films because that's yeah. all you can consume in that moment. Yeah. You maybe watch something you wouldn't necessarily go, oh, I have to watch this. That's really helpful. Or just wandering, say, a new street. And it's when you're away from the grind, you let those other sources seep in, don't you? Yes, definitely. Um, and that's why the best ideas always come when you take yourself out of something. Mm. And it's the same with editing as well. I don't know if you ever get into like an editing block. Yes, often. Yeah. So there'll be times where I'll spend five hours looking for music and I won't find the right song. And it'll frustrate the hell out of me. But the, rea rea the reality of it is, <clears throat> after four hours, I'm probably not even listening properly anymore. Yeah. And so then I'll take sort of the, the, the rest of the, the night in, you know, and try and stay away from the computer, away from weddings a bit for, for a bit. Um, or maybe that'll be before a weekend. I'll be like, right, I'm not touching that edit. I'll send the emails and do that lot, but I'm not touching edits for a bit. Come back to it. And you come back to it with a kind of fresh mindset. And then yeah. the first song I find, they'll be like, actually, that does go with it. Sort of thing. Or even you'll be watching something on telly that evening. Yeah. And there'll be a certain piece of music in a song. And you go, it's something like that that it's I need. Yeah. That's the thing. And and you don't you didn't know that if you'd gone and taken that time away. So don't always think that slaving away is the best thing for your creativity. Yeah. Sometimes taking that time and moving away from stuff is better. It's better. So to sort of like wrap it up, what um I feel like we should shout out some of our inspirations if you have any in particular. Is there anything in particular that you watch or listen to? Um or follow that that gives you inspiration. I feel like I should have written a list yeah. before I started, but I think as time's gone on, travel particularly, I yes. think is a big one. Yeah. Visiting new places um, and just taking in the sights and sounds of a city or a space or wherever Definitely. is brilliant. Um, albums, I think as well, is, is, a, is a really big one for me. Not yeah. listening to music and having Spotify on, you know, you think you might like this, going, do you know what? I'm in the mood to listen to this and sitting down with something and listening to it from beginning to end. I yeah. think is that's 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 a really big one for me as well because albums are often a story in their own as well exactly they? that yeah um i think personally youtube has been a big inspiration for me like i watch a lot of behind the scenes things um even photographers taylor, taylor jackson like, yes. i watch so much of his stuff is mainly a photographer but there's certain ways that he his approach and his um mindset is an inspiration to me if that yes. makes sense not necessarily style or anything like that but a mindset and that's what you can take sort of little bits of inspiration from different people. And also podcasts, both wedding related and not wedding Same related. Same actually, yeah. I think podcasts have only crept into kind of my everyday or weekly routine over the last couple of years. Yeah. But I think particularly post-pandemic, now my wife has gone back to work in an office, having conversation in the house rather than yeah. just being lonely all day is really helpful and feeling you have someone there. But since we started this podcast as well, um, I'm someone that talks a lot. And if I have an idea, I, I kind of go, oh, I have to get it out. Yeah. And I'll just, it doesn't matter if someone else is talking. But to realise that the best conversations or to get the most out of someone comes when you stop and listen. It's taught me to kind of go, no, let you get your point out yeah. and hold on to mine. <laughs> and that's, I've got that from listening to podcasts. So it's not even maybe an inspiration source. It's kind of a skill that you've learned that you need to adapt that part of you to make the best of what you're doing. Yeah. And that will translate to your calls with clients as well. So just thinking about yeah. that and doing this has really helped like when other people approach me and stuff and ask for advice or whatever and you know me and you have spoken about something getting someone else's opinion on things as well so even this right now is a source of inspiration for me and hopefully we'll, for you guys as well yeah, yeah. yeah exactly that's the aim isn't it really yes. the source the, the reason this podcast is be a bit of company a bit of inspiration and some education i guess as well so. exactly that 
But yes, that's probably a really good place to leave that, it. Actually, yeah. I thought that's that's the bombshell. I think that, that we leave it with. So yeah. yeah, hopefully, if you've if you listen to this, you found it inspiring. Um, and we are giving you free license now to step away from your desk, get out of your car, go read a book, go listen to some music, go for a walk in your local park, do yes. whatever you need to do to kind of just let that inspiration seep in. And hopefully, you know, over the course of doing those things, that it, you'll find that it will start to pop up in the work that you make. If you can't feel your legs, you need you, your the screen's going blurry. And you're at, and you've got an editing block. Get outside, go for a walk, put in your headphones, and listen to our yeah. next podcast. Exactly <laughs> that. So yeah, <laughs> and the next one's a pretty good one as well, isn't it? It's I feel like it leaned in. Next one's going to be this one's been more kind of ideas and kind of loose. Where the next one we're going to be talking about actual kind of software apps and stuff. Yeah, we're going to get really techy. Yeah, really yeah we're going to get some I'm stuff. To. But hopefully, again, that'll be equally as useful yeah. and kind of free you up some time so that you can use those apps to save you some time to be inspired more. Amazing. Well, we're going to go pay some attention to Max. He's, yeah, he's starting to kick off. He's got that time already. And yeah, we'll see you all in the we'll next, next episode. One.